Thanks for joining us at the Ham South Podcast Network. If you're interested in joining us in our services, we meet at 10 a.m. on a Sunday at 131 or Hopeo Road in Melbourne. We'd love to see you there. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Neon Kids Program. Neon is a before and after school care and school holiday program for primary and intermediate students. Neon has two centres operating in Rotatuna and in Melville. For more information, visit www.neonkids.co.nz. That's www.neonkids.co.nz. Now to the pod. Thank you, Ray. Good morning again, everybody. Who has had a wonderful week? Who has had a busy week? Yes, there was much more people with busy weeks than wonderful weeks. That's something we'll have to work on this year. I have had a, a wonderful and busy week. Uh, Friday, I took Julie and John's son's wedding, which was wonderful. And I managed to not drop the rings this time, uh, which happened the last wedding I took. I uh, met with pastors in the region to talk youth and Easter camp and hear their dreams and plans for the year. I celebrated the anniversary of the promised land. Thank you, Auckland, for allowing us here in Hamilton to celebrate with you. I've been, uh, I've been looking over our church constitution as we agreed last year at the AGM to adjust it based on us running a pastoral team model. Constitutions are fun things, eh? Wow. And, uh, and somewhere in there, I wrote next week's sermon uh, well before I started this one. So it's been a busy week. But another thing that happened at the start of this week, um, which hit me a lot harder than I thought, was uh, a famous basketball player, Kobe Bryant, died in a helicopter crash. Uh, he's, he's top 10 players all time. And he, he died with his daughter and seven others on the way to um, a practice for, for his daughter's team. And, and so my, my Twitter feed, a social media app for those unfamiliar with Twitter, has just been filled with these stories and tributes for this man and his family. The stories about how he was a dad, about how proud he was of his family, um, how as great as he was as a basketball player, that paled in comparison to what he wanted to achieve with his family. And I, I love one of these quotes that... Um, one of his teammates said, Kobe said, on the court, I want to be the best player on it every time. And off the court, I want to be the best dad jungle gym for my girls. And, and he wanted his family to know that they were important, that they were loved, and that they were his priority. And, and this week of constant tributes for this man, um, family, and the importance of letting those who are close to you know that you love them just came came through so often. And I think it's something we can all relate to, that we want to know that we are loved. We want to know we are someone's priority. We want to know that we are important. And, and that's something that family um, ideally should be giving. And I think it's something as a church family we can give. This year uh, at Ham South, Lucy and I have been speaking about how we can how we can really make sure there's a family feel to how we do church, how we can be church, how we can interact with one another. Um, and those are fun conversations because everyone comes with a different understanding of what family means and who family is. So Lucy and Josh, we know, were married uh, just over a year ago, about a year and a few months, um, and, and they are probably still finding out the differences in their wider families and, and working to adjust how to love and work with all those different expectations and priorities. 
Now, Holly and I, uh, with Lexi being almost two, we're still finding out how to be family. We're still finding out how to parent, how to help Lexi grow, how to make sure she sees cousins and aunties and uncles and grandparents, and still work in time for rest and, and time for just us as a close family. And it's hard, and, and we don't always get it right, and often I'm the one getting it wrong, which is terrible. We'll cut that out, because uh, Holly won't be able to be today listening, but... And, and we both get it wrong sometimes. But, but we want Lexi to grow up knowing that she is loved and she is important and a priority. And at church, here at Hamself, there are, there are all sorts of different expectations and desires of, of ways we want to do things or, or things we could do or, or ways to be more family-like. And, and one of the things we want to look at initially is how we do our Communion Sunday services. So Communion Sunday, the first Sunday of the month, are going to be Sundays where the whole family is together for the whole service. Um, there won't be a kids' church program. We will worship um, with, with kids' church and, and big church as, as one. Um, we'll hopefully be having a service that engages um, everyone across, across the spectrum. Um, sometimes the kids will have activities to do. Sometimes we'll organize for them. And sometimes they will be loud. And sometimes they will learn to be quiet. And sometimes they'll sit with their parents and sometimes they'll sit in a group. Um, and we're just going to try and make it family-like. Okay? Cool? And, and so that's one of the things we're going to try. And, and there are many reasons for this change. Um, one of them, which I don't think is the primary reason, is we don't actually have enough kids' church um, helpers this year. But the bigger thing, the bigger reason for change is... Um, as you know, I'm, I'm studying my master's, and one of the areas that I'm probably going to be looking at, I've narrowed it down to two, is how to, how to engage people in the family of church from a young age um, so that when they get to the end of high school, they don't leave like we see, uh, like we see so often. Um, the, the idea being that they're actually, they know they're part of us. Because at the moment... Um, in a standard church, they might come in for two songs and then they find out the rest of the service isn't actually for them because they go to kids' church. And they have fun and it's wonderful. But then they leave for intermediates and, and that's outside of this body as well. And then they leave for youth, which we do on a completely different night. And then when they get to finish high school, um, they've done 18 years of formation, not part of the family. And so that's something that's that's my thesis. You all look um, horribly bored by now, um, but that's something I want to look at. So we're going to do a little bit of an experiment, but it's it's so the family can learn what it's like to be family, teaching the young ones that this is important, that that how we do church is important, how we worship uh, is important. Cool, thank you. So that's something we're going to try, and and guess what? We're going to get it wrong, and sometimes you're going to get a little bit upset um, because something's too loud or something's not good enough. And, and that's okay. That's okay because then we get to teach each other grace. Um, one of the things I have heard is that some of the kids think church is boring. Um, and, I, and I don't want to have a boring church. And so parents, if your kids are saying it's boring, please come and talk to Lucy and I. Um, because a boring church reflects a boring God. And we don't serve a boring God, do we? No. So if, if your kids are being, uh, find themselves bored, come and help us find a solution. Now, if, if you're not a kid and you're finding it bored, uh, come and talk to us, and we'll try and find a solution. 
Um, so that, that's something we want to do. We really want to be solution-focused this year um, as we try these new things about how to do family together. So please tell us. Lucy's far, far more approachable than me. Uh, and I'm pretty approachable, so it should be easy to come. Another, what are you laughing at, Faye? That's at Lucy being approachable, isn't it? Yeah, good. We'll leave that in the podcast, James, thank you. And another change for Communion Sunday is that the communion message is going to come from one of you. I think for, for every communion message for the rest of the year outside of the AGM, uh, we're going to be hearing from a member of the church family. What does it mean to be church family? And so Lucy's already lined some people up, some who are who are a little bit terrified, actually, about having to speak. Some who have already said, no, thank you, I'll pass on that. And some others who are looking forward to it. Um, so we've got a range already, but we still need, I think, another six. Um, and when someone does get up, when one of the family comes and brings a communion message and say what it means for them to be church family, we're going to love them and show them grace and, and not worry if they stutter or, or get it wrong because that's what family's going to be about and that's what this church is going to be about this year. Kapai? Yeah. And so there'll still be a message. This is the next part. There'll still be a, another message as part of um, a, a, a topical theme, perhaps, uh, related to around what's happening specifically for, for us and what's coming up. And there's a lot of things this year that are going to affect us as individuals, as families, as church family, as community. This year, September 19, uh, we have the general election for New Zealand. And I think perhaps, I might be treading on some toes here, I think perhaps we could talk about election as, as a church family and, and what sort of things that we're that the party, different parties are saying. Now, that doesn't mean that Lucy's going to come and stand up here and tell you, you must all vote ACT. Although, if she wants to vote ACT, that's okay. Um, but so, so there's the election part, but then there's these other issues that are coming to. Because also in this year's election, there are two referenda, referendums, multiple things that we get to vote on that aren't the elections. And so they're going to affect us as well as individuals, as family, as a church, as a community, as a nation. And I think we need to come together and pray together and talk about some of these things because they will affect us. We're going to be talking about cannabis use in New Zealand because that's one of the things that's about to be voted on. We're going to talk about the end-of-life bill in New Zealand because that's one of the things we're going to be voting on. And I think it's important. And for so long, church is kind of, oh, we'll leave the politics to the side. We don't want to talk about it. But if we can't talk about the things that are important for, for our young people, for those who are about to follow, for us now then what's church? If we can't bring a, a, a vision of Jesus into what's happening in our society through talking about politics and, and, and the what would Jesus do question and what is Jesus saying to us, what is church? And guess what? We're going to have some people who have completely different viewpoints and that will help us grow in our compassion together. This is going to be difficult for sure because we have, we have so many generations, so many different views on, on the different things in play. Um, we haven't actually worked out exactly how we'll do it, but we know we want to do it with love. An example of like my generation, I'll hassle my generation for a little bit, we are, we are the soundbite generation. That's one of the things that we 
we are known for. We'll miss the main message and zoom in on this three-word passage or something that, that a speaker said or, or someone sent out, and we make this whole story about this small soundbite. And that's really dangerous because everyone here in my generation now thinks Lucy votes act. And now that I've said it again, the generation who values repetition also thinks Lucy votes act. And now I've said it again, and we're in real trouble. So we don't quite know how we're going to do this, but we're going to do it with grace and love, and it will be done because it's important, and it affects us, and it affects our, our family and society, and it gives us a chance to shine Jesus' light to this community. So there's that. There's some of the changes ahead for this year. Changes that hopefully will bring us closer together. Help us see that we can worship the same God with someone who thinks differently, who votes differently, and who lives differently. And I think that is the type of unity that the Bible is asking us to strive for. So there is a little preview of our Sundays this year. Our communion Sundays this year. Thank you, Belda, for bringing me a drink. That is wonderfully needed today. Thank you. All right, so it's my turn. What does it mean to be family? I was thinking about, as I was writing this message, I was writing this message, I was writing next week's message, which is on um, the treaty, uh, and I was writing the, the wedding message for, for Ben and Annie. And that got me thinking back to my wedding as well. Weddings, as you know, are two people coming together to form family. But that doesn't mean, once they've formed family, that they no longer have any contact with the original family, right? I know sometimes it would be easier if there was less contact, but we don't get to avoid. And these two families sometimes do things a different way. And this is where the fun starts, or the drama starts, depending if you're watching or if you're involved. And I think I've mentioned this one before, but it's, a, it's one of my favourites, the, the, when Holly and I... Um, got together. The changes in Christmas and how we did Christmas when I, when I began as part of her family. So for me, the four Christmases before meeting uh, Holly were not with family. I went to my church in the morning uh, that I was the only one of my family that went to this particular church and then I would join a, a, a friend's family for lunch um, and either stay on the whole day for dinner or go to another uh, friend's place for dinner. Um, I think the, the first of this time was actually I moved out just before Christmas Day, and, and that was how my Christmas tradition went. And then I met Holly's family. And Holly's family, the, the, about four weeks or six weeks, potentially eight weeks if, if the dad gets his way, we get together for Christmas house setup. And, and everything's decorated, and they, they do the tree, and they do... The, you know, the lights and the decorations, and it's, it, it's, it's something. It is something. Um, and there's baking, and, and this was like, whoa, this is eight weeks before. Um, and then on Christmas Day, it's this event, this 10-hour-plus spectacular event with, with food and with games and with presents. And it was exhausting. It was, and, and the first one I went to was most exhausting because I was still on my best behavior then. I wasn't quite locked in as part of the family yet. We were engaged, but you know, were, and it was exhausting. 
Um, and, and these traditions of ours clashed, but this was something that was so um, vital as part of their family. And then we moved down to Hamilton, and that added another factor to consider. But we did, and we talked about it, and we talked it through because, because Christmas was important um, to Holly's family. Christmas was this time of coming together, and, and yeah, we had differences, but we worked it out, and I don't get so exhausted anymore. Although Christmas tree setup day, I still get exhausted, so we'll, we'll work on that. When we come to church, when we join this family, it's a little bit like a marriage because it's a choice. We choose to be part of us here. We join the body. We join the family. But church is not like a marriage because with church, there's meant to be more than two people involved. And so we come together and meet to worship God and hear different stories of him acting in our world and acting through scripture, but we like it differently. We like things emphasized differently. And if we don't communicate with each other, with the other members of the family, if we don't talk about what we like and don't like, if we don't bring solutions to problems, move forward, we don't get to grow together, although we do grow frustrated and we grow hurt. And so communication is so important for a family, just as communication is important for a church, for a body. Now, I want you to all think about your own body for a moment. We don't, we don't see our body communicating to ourselves, do we? For the most part, our body works. Imagine if your arm didn't want to be part of the body. And it starts jerking out. You're walking down the street and you've, you've just knocked over someone because you're strong. Or you've hit someone. It's not so and that's not how our bodies work. Or ideally that's not how our, our bodies work. And so we're walking along, as long as our legs are okay with us walking along. And for the most part, we're doing what we need to do without seeing the communication. Yeah? We don't see the body communicating. We don't, we don't see it asking itself what's good, what's bad. But we know it works because when we put our hand on the hot element, we pull it away real quick, don't we? The, sorry, I'm a theologian, not a biologist, but something shoots up and tells our brain that there's pain and that shoots back and tells us to move. Yeah, We all know that's how it works. Imagine if we didn't like that hand. Imagine if the, the hand touches the hot element and the brain's like, mm-mm, you picked your nose last week. Here's some punishment. That's not, how, that's not how we work. It's crazy to think that. We would never do that to our own hand. The hand does something we don't like or causes pain. The message shoots to the brain. The, hand gets the, the brain gets the hand out of the way. We don't even see that happen. But we know it happens. Communication is almost instantaneous. And hopefully, hopefully, the hand gets to stay part of the body. Why is it we don't communicate with our church family that way? We don't communicate with our, our church body like this. Now, I'm not saying stand up in the middle of a sermon and throw a tomato at me if you don't like a point. But sometimes it may be appropriate to stand up and disagree uh, with something I say. Sometimes that's completely appropriate. But if there's, if there's areas of the church family that, that are causing you pain or that are hurting you or, or you're not liking it, 
Please tell us. We need to know. We need to grow and we need to learn together. The flip side is if we're doing something really well and you love it and you're seeing that it's helping you and your family grow and and others around you, then tell us about it because the body likes to, to have good things as well. And so and tell us what's bad that we can change and, and celebrate with us what we're doing well so we know what to continue. Imagine if we stopped doing all the stuff you liked. Be like, well, you didn't tell us. That's how we can gain more compassion for each other. Now, like I said before, Lucy and I are pretty approachable. Faye. Yeah, pretty approachable. But we've also got the elders who are really approachable. I hear Brian Sullivan's the most approachable elder. I don't know if he would appreciate me saying that. But um, he's the most approachable one. We've got the elders here. And if, if it's about music, the worship facilitation team of Joel, Joanna, Ray, and James. Brian Sullivan, again, he's your man for building. There's, there's lots of people in leadership to talk to about how we can, how we can do this together better. And so now I'm going to talk about something that's immediately present with our family. A few months ago, there was some security training for churches. Uh, this training was going around the country, um, working uh, in line with the Baptist Union, working with police and some other um, safety and security groups. And so um, Brian went to a seminar on behalf of the elders. Um, and there were some recommendations that came back around security measures for churches. And one of them was about having locked doors during the service and having someone stationed um, to allow the door to be unlocked as people enter. And as we, we heard this at the elders' meeting, we were a little bit like, oh, oh. We, we didn't, it didn't sit amazingly well with it. Um, but, but here's this recommendation based on a, a lot of different things. And so we made the decision, perhaps reluctantly, that an elder sits in the foyer and the door is locked during the service. But we didn't communicate with you the, the why and the how or ask for any feedback, and that was our mistake. Um, and a member, uh, rightfully and thankfully, said she didn't like the door being locked. Uh, she spoke to an elder, um, and, and he recommended you, you write an email to the elders so we know exactly what you're saying. And she did that, and we discussed it as an eldership group. And so now we bring it to the family at the meeting on the 17th of February, the, the, the meeting about finances. Also, we're going to talk about the security um, security measure that has been recommended. And we're going to make this decision as a, as a family. So that's the little heads up for the other part of the meeting. When we get communication right, when we know how to communicate with each other, when we allow ourselves to listen and to understand and to question and to be questioned, it allows us to get on the same page to move forward together. We may not all agree but at least we know how the decision has come to, and, and hopefully we understand it and we get to move forward together. That's, that's what being church family is to me. And that's one of the things that I would love to see us doing more this year. That is one area I think we can grow together. Families also have some non-negotiables though, right? Yeah, well, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. Families have some non-negotiables. These are the things that there's part of a family that we agree to. And I think it's always a good reminder to all of the members here uh, and, and also to those who are wondering about making this place their own, um, their home, that, that what does it mean to belong to this body? This church believes this is where the Constitution is wonderful because it says right there in point one, point three, this church believes 
in the Trinity, God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This church believes in the true humanity and deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. This church believes Jesus' death on the cross was in payment for people's sins, past, present, and future. This church believes the Holy Spirit indwells, instructs, convicts, guides, and empowers believers and gives spiritual gifts to each for use in serving God and others. This church believes the Bible is God-breathed and is the authority in all matters of faith and practice. This church believes that personal faith in Jesus Christ is by grace, not works, and is the only way to salvation. This church believes the immersion of believers is the only scriptural form of baptism. And this church believes in the bodily return of Jesus Christ to earth at the end of the age. These things that this church says is important are actually what every church in the Baptist Union of New Zealand agree to. And every member in every church of that union. And so you see, our family here is part of this bigger family, and there are differences in how the Baptist churches operate, and how they're structured, and what their focuses are on, and what ministries they play a part of. And that's great, because we're all allowed to be different. But we all remain united, because we know these are the cause of our belief. And then when we... Ham South, when we individually say we're committed, we go a step further. And we say, I want to be involved in the governance and decision-making, um, which means I want to become a member and, and hear what's happening with the church family um, and come to the meetings and participate and pray and, and then vote after we've heard what, what Jesus is saying. We agree to live at all times such a life as reflects a true Christian. We agree to take an active and diligent part in the life and work of the church, regularly attending its services of worship as far as I am able, and being willing to help in whatever way I can. We agree to be faithful in prayer for the church and its witness in the community. We agree to share conscientiously in contributing to the funds of the church according to my means. We agree to share in the government of the church by supporting and encouraging the leadership of the church and by attending church members' meetings. We agree to do all in my power to deepen and enrich, enrich the spirit of fellowship in the church, always seeking to develop a spirit of love in this fellowship of Christ's people. We agree to share by life and word in the supreme task of the church, namely by witnessing to the saving power of Jesus Christ our Lord. We agree to accept and promote the church's beliefs and practices, including believers' baptism by immersion as the only scriptural form of baptism. Those are our family values. Those are the things that every member who has signed up hopefully has seen, and those are the things the members agree to. And there's possibly others of you who aren't members who agree um, to those as well. To those who are committed, you, you might agree. And so Lucy in a few weeks is, is going to talk, be talking on membership in the church and what that means. And I would encourage you to think and pray on it. This year, let's be family. Let's be family together. Let's communicate well. Let's ask questions. Let's listen for answers. Let's listen to understand. 
and let's always listen through a lens of love. Let's let our differences draw us together so we can grow with compassion towards each other. Let's communicate. Let's communicate more and better and full of forgiveness and grace and love. Because forgiveness and grace and love, these are some of the things that Jesus offers us. And, and we're here to model Jesus to each other and the society. And so as we come to the communion table today, as, as individuals that are part of a family, that are part of a body, we come to remember Christ's life and death and resurrection. We remember the life that showed us how to live, how to get along with people who are different to us, the life that showed us how to love, how to have compassion, how to serve, the life that taught us the necessity of relying on God's spirit for direction and need. We come together to the table to remember the death that was a sacrifice for all and for all time. A cleansing of the stain of sin that marks all of humanity is gone. The stain of imperfection, of unholiness, wiped away for us by the only one who was holy and perfect. And we remember the resurrection, the coming out of the tomb after three days to shout so loudly to the world that death has lost its power. The resurrection tells us we will live again, that death will not be our end. We remember the Christ who came to us, who came for us, and now dwells with us through his spirit. We drink the juice to symbolize his bloodshed. We eat the bread to remember his body given. And as you come today, remember why he came. And remember what his coming enables us to be. As Ray read earlier in today, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. This makes for harmony among the members, so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Let's pray. Thanks again for joining us for this week's message. Before you go, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Neon Kids Program. NEON is a before and after school care and school holiday program for primary and intermediate students. NEON has two centres operating in Rotatuna and in Melville. For more information, visit www.neonkids.co.nz. That's www.neonkids.co.nz. Thanks again.